Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. Our chat today is with Leila from Tanzania. She's been living in Dublin now for over 20 years and her experience here is a really interesting one. Have a listen to her story and the value that her presence here in Ireland has given to our little country. Leila, we're very, very lucky to have you here. In the description of this episode, you will find links to Leila's events, which will be of particular value to you if you are in the startup world in Dublin. Be sure to check them out. But now, here's my conversation with Leila. I was there when I was 21. Really? Yeah. Where? Um, I was in a place called Mwanza. 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 Yeah. And I might get this wrong, okay? Yeah. Do you speak Swahili? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm going to say Jinalangu Mark. Very good. Uh, My name is Mark. Jinalangu. Yeah. <laughs> Gina, Ireland. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Yeah. How did you learn? Um, so... I worked as a volunteer okay. in, in an orphanage for street boys okay. for three months when I was 21. Okay. And in Mwanza. In Mwanza. Okay. And I remember the reason I, because I, I was taught lots of other phrases yeah. in Swahili, but that's, yeah. so another thing that I remember is cheesy, cheesy sana, <laughs> um, which means very crazy. <laughs> crazy, yeah. Um, yeah. I used to say that to the guy who drive home because... <laughs> It's driving crazy. Okay. I couldn't really speak Swahili. <laughs> so there would be people driving all over the road and he kept saying cheesy, cheesy Sana. And I was like, yeah, cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I've never been to Mwanza. I, I heard it's a, it's a great town, a really nice town. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I it. It was yeah. a big culture shock for me at 21. Yeah. But anyway, this boy called Sylvester, silly, we used to call him. Yeah. And wanted me to go to his church with him. <laughs> and I kind of said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, with kids, <laughs> yes. they don't understand the meaning of a reluctant yes. <laughs> True. And yeah. on a Saturday night, we had a few beers in the volunteer house. And yeah. the rule was that the boys were not allowed to come to the volunteer house. Okay. They weren't supposed to even know where it was. But obviously they did, you know. <laughs> They were way more streetwise than, yeah, than we would ever. Uh, yeah. And yeah, woke up one morning and Silly was standing beside my bed. 
What? It's like, let's go to church. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I got there. I, I can't remember what religion it was or whatever, but it went on for a long time. I was going to say, how long did it, did it go? Long, yeah. four hours, I'd yeah. say. But at yeah. the beginning, he asked if there was any visitors there. Oh, yeah. And... You have to raise your hand. Well, you see, normally I would, like, if that was in Ireland, I would just be like, no, pretend you don't know. I was the only white guy there. So, so you like, can't blend no in. I can hide here. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they were like, it's basically when he said that, there was like four or 500 people there. It was a huge wow. crowd. Wow. So other people also volunteered at the yeah. top of the church. Yeah. And they were saying, my name is whatever, I come from here. Yeah. And then you have to say, I have been saved, or I have oh, not been okay. saved. That's a born-again church. <laughs> born-again, maybe. Um, yeah. And if they haven't been saved, mm. then they go to the top. And they have to do this special prayer, yeah? Special prayer. Uh, and some of them have what looks like a fit. Uh, it's one of those things that I had witnessed in my life, and I'm not even sure if what happened was real or not. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Anyway, I was sitting beside Silly, and I was like, See, I didn't know I was going to have to speak in front of 400 people today. I was like hung over as well. I was 21 and I was like, oh I haven't really experienced much of life yet. Yeah. Was, this was too much for me. And I was like, how do I say my name is Mark okay. and, I, and I come from Ireland? Wow. And he taught me yeah. in that moment. And because I was so nervous, yeah. it just it imprinted and I'll never That's forget. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Say, my name is Mark and I come from Ireland. Listen, I remember someone reacted when I said my name is Mark and I come from Ireland. I heard someone at the top say, bombs. <laughs> what? Yeah, because she must have heard or this person must have heard about yeah. Ireland, Northern Ireland. Oh, news and this okay. So okay. she thought like this guy comes oh. from a violent place with bombs. Okay. Which, you know, in, in some moment was true. Wow. Um, that's my experience at Tanzania. Wow, that, you, yeah, you had some very interesting experience. Mm. Uh, I grew up in Dar es Salaam, so it's completely different from Mwanza. Uh, anyway, anyway, in Tanzania, it's really different. Uh, I haven't traveled a lot. I haven't seen a lot of the country, uh, but Dar es Salaam is where the Indian Ocean is. Yeah. Um, I grew up near the sea, so I think that's what I miss the most, <laughs> being in Ireland, yeah. having the really warm, you know, sea water, yeah. and yeah, and white sand, mm. and yeah, just get away every weekend, just walk a few minutes to, to the sea. Nice. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Oh, well, it was interesting childhood, actually, you know, because I, I don't know if you notice in Tanzania, the Muslim and Christian population is almost equal yeah. and we coexist together. And yeah. uh, so that's how my childhood was very diverse. And we have also um, in Dathlam, really big Indian community. So really kind of multicultural also. And yeah, and I took it for granted until I start traveling, mm. you know, the rest of the world and see how the world is divided, especially when it comes to religion mm. and even tribal, you know, we are no, although we have, I think over a hundred tribe, definitely over 200 language, different language, mm. but we all speak Swahili and we are never divided by like language or tribal. So I never really appreciate it until I travel and see the world. I'm like, oh my God, this little thing that 
we just it's just normal for us to get along it's yeah. dividing you know um other people around the world so i think that's what a one of the main thing i'm really grateful i grew up there yeah. to be tolerant and respectful to other people you know yeah. and and not to fear like different culture or different background yeah um yeah so i think that's my most takeaway that's really interesting because you yeah. can you must look at even the history of Ireland, where mm. you're like, I don't get it. You guys were like fighting with you guys because <laughs> they kind of believe this Christian thing. And exactly. This Christian thing. Exactly. Just yeah, yeah. For me, because of my background, it feels so insignificant. People to like to fight to kill each other because of religions or different surname, like. Mm. You're all the same at the end of the day. You all want the same thing for your families, you know, what's the big a, deal? A lot of African countries are war-torn. Exactly, yeah. So what, what makes Tanzania the exception? I think our first president was very intentional, and especially when it comes to Swahili. You know, he made the country, because the language, over 200 uh, languages, so that would have wow. divided the country really yeah. quickly, but he made it intentional, like, Everybody speaks Swahili. You can't speak your language, you know, whatever the village you grew up with, you know, you, it's acceptable to speak your language and their, their language kind of do exist still today, but everybody had to learn Swahili so it's easy for us to understand each other and to communicate. Mm. I think that played a big role and he was really um, diplomatic guy, very socialist. So Tanzania was very a socialist country. Now we kind of be all over the place. <laughs> we don't really know if we're capitalist or socialist. I think that kind of background of Ujama, you know, Ujama means, oh, I don't know how in English, but it's more like collectively, you know, um, um, uh, helping each other collectively. Like you don't raise alone, you know, if you raise, you all raise together. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think that his, uh, you know, agenda helped the country to be more in peace, yeah. you know, um, yeah. I heard someone say this uh, recently to me that uh, we're talking about success. I don't know if it's actually a Christian thing or it comes from the church or maybe even the Bible, but hmm. it's like if you, if you receive success, don't build your walls higher and make your table bigger. What does it mean? Um, it means don't ex like exclude yourself from the rest of society. Invite them in and mm -hmm. let them share in what you have. Yeah, um, which I think yeah. is kind of what you're 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 speaking about. Yeah, I'm interested because to know, did you label people or did you care about that? So even mm -hmm. in a very uh, innocent way, here mm -hmm. kids would yeah. probably know that guy goes to the rugby club. That guy goes to the Gaelic football club. Yeah. They go to church on Sundays. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And kids would like label each other. Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. Because you, you say Christians, for example, yeah. Muslims lived yeah. and coexisted. Did yeah. you go, are there Muslims? Oh, yeah. We yeah. did. Like, yeah. Even tribal, like, I'm from this. You say your tribe, you know, people ask you where you're from, you know. Mm. But it's no, it was never a big deal, like a divide thing. It's more like identity thing, you know. Mm. So if you're Muslim, you say Muslim or you do this. That's like how you identify yourself. Like, that's how, like, different culture. Yeah. Um, but not as a divider, like, you are against us or we can, you know, connect because you're this, you know. We always find like commonality. 
would people socialize? Outside of like, work? Like, even marriage, like the intermarriage. intermarriage yes, and, yes, wow. that's a normal thing. Wow. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. An example yeah. for the rest of us. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Especially in these times. But then here you so did you have a happy childhood? Do you remember it? How yeah. you remember it? Yeah, it was it was a happy one. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but it was a happy one. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And then at what age and at what point did you make the decision to travel? Was Ireland your first yeah. place that you arrived or because you said to me that you've been living here now 25 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is a long time. Yeah, yeah. And how did that happen? Yeah, my older sister used to live here. So, yeah, I came and lived with her and her family. Uh-huh. And I was my mid-teen. Okay. Yeah, and I was I a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I started school here. And that was a culture shock. Oh my god! Imagine. Yeah, it was like, oh my god! And even the syllabus, I have to like start everything from the beginning. That you know, so yeah, like learning like the history, learning, uh, yeah. That was even language. You know, because in Tanzania, Swahili is our first language. Although we learn English for from a, a British colony, yeah. but we don't really, we're not fluent. We don't because we hardly use it. And it's funny because primary school over there, everything is in Swahili, math Swahili, in Swahili, geography in Swahili. You learn English as a subject. And then when you go to secondary school, everything is in English. Mm-hmm. And then you learn Swahili as a subject. Wow, okay. Yeah. And yeah, so when I came, I was in very fluent. I can read and write, but you know, speaking, I have to translate first. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have to, <laughs> to put it in Swahili, to put it in English, and then to speak. Uh, and the accent, Irish accent, I was like, are they speaking English? <laughs> yeah, she would have so, heard it before, yeah. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a big culture shock. But when you're young, you adapt easily, you know, easy to different culture. Um, Poof, yeah, yeah. mid-teens is, is hard, though. Um, yeah, but I think I was ready for it. Okay. Yeah. So when you say mid-teens, were you like 14, 15? Or? Uh, 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine how big of a culture shock that must have been for you. Yeah. How long did it take you to fully adapt? Oh, maybe over a year. Yeah, yeah I think... I remember, I don't even remember when it was, but I remember exactly the moment uh, when I woke up and I remember my dream. I dream in English and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I dream in English. <laughs> so that's when I'm like, okay, I'm finally fluent now. <laughs> and can I ask, did you go to school in Dublin? Or where, where? Uh, yeah, in Dublin, Stanhope Street. Okay. Uh, yeah, St. Joseph. Yeah. Mm, yeah, girls' school. And you probably came from a mixed school, did you? Uh, yes. So yes. you were straight it was, yeah. So even that. Yeah, I would say, yeah. What happens here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Girls' school. I did junior side and then living set and uh, then went to college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you went, what did you study? Uh, accounting and finance. I went to DCU. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I got pregnant first year in college. Oh, very good. Oh, that was scary, <laughs> scary yeah. time. Yeah. Oh my God, I thought I was like, oh my God, my life is over. Yeah. Uh, what am I gonna do? Yeah, but uh, I had the baby and then I took a year out. 
Yeah. Um, and then I went back the next year. Uh-huh. Um, it was a three-year course already. Did one year and went back for two years. I studied like crazy, and then um, I also had friends around me who were very helpful. Like I had college friends, and I have friends who are used to babysit <laughs> their kid. Now they're minding my kid, you know, so I can study. Um, yeah. And I did, I did pretty good. I didn't have any life in college besides college and motherhood. Yeah. So to be honest, really, at, yeah. like you said, twenty-one, you became. You were a mother. Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. So twenty-two years old, you've experienced more than mm-hmm. than the majority of people in life, and I mean more in terms of like, yeah. real difficulty in the sense of. Um, yeah. Just coming to another country and having to fit in and having to make friends yeah. and um being treated differently and yeah. weather's different. Everything. Yeah. And then other weather. And then being a mother at twenty twenty two yeah. years old. So yeah. you gained so much experience from such a young age. True, true. How has that like served you in your yes? <sighs> Oh well, yeah. I feel like I've lived, I've lived so many lifetime already. <laughs> I just turned, you know, I turned forty last year, yeah. so I'm like forty. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I feel like who oh, I've lived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I think I had midlife crisis in my mid twenties. Mm. Um, after college, I worked for two years as a trainee auditor, and I had it. I didn't like it at all. Mm. It wasn't my personality. Okay. Yeah, so I quit. Mm. And when I traveled the world, I took time out because, you know, I call it time I just go, 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 and then work for two years, go, 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 uh, being trainee um, accountant. It's a lot of work. Like yeah. you work full time and you do exams, you know, like yeah. you study part time in the evening and weekends and exams. I have no life. It's like I need a break, mm. you know, I'm like, I'm doing this work. I don't feel fulfilled. It, you know, it wasn't meaning to me. And I'm like, there's more to life to just do some job, making money and just get mortgage. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. Let me take time out and just see the world and get to know who I am, what I want to do. Um, because life is too short. So I didn't want to just go with the motion. Um, yeah, and I'm glad I did it because... Um, kind of it helped me to just think of what I want to do and what are the things that makes me happy. And I was like, traveling makes me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it would be nice to get a job where I can travel and live in different countries. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what job will make me do that? <laughs> like, okay, UN. <laughs> How do I get into UN? Like, okay, I need a master's in economics or international mm-hmm. relations. And I knew I hate economics because we did a, a mojo during my undergrad and I didn't like economics at all. So it's like, okay, maybe international relations. So I went back to college in DCU again. I did an MA in international relations. And funny thing, halfway in, I was like, oh my God, I'm in the wrong <laughs> room. Yeah. I'm not a diplomat. Um, I have big mouth, you know, <laughs> a diplomat, you know, a lot to have your own, you know, um, like um, to speak your own opinion or whatever. You're supposed to represent a country or your organization, keep your opinion to yourself. 
and that's not my personality. Mm. And um, yeah, so I knew uh, I'm not gonna. And also, I learned a lot about the world po politics. I was really naive when I went to, you know, just I want to travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I, I grew a lot. I think from that program, and I learned a lot about myself, like who I am, you know, what personality, you know, what, like kind of job will suit my personality. Yeah, so after uh, my master's, I started working in non-profit organization using okay. my accountancy background. Okay. Um, yeah, because I was like, maybe in the future, I might like to, you know, start my own charity. So let me go in and learn. And then when I'm ready, I'll start my own. But um, when I went in, I worked for a few of them for, I think, over five years. Okay. And I learned their weakness and their strength, and uh, one of their weakness, one of their weakness um, was um, their business model. You know, relying on um, uh, donation or grants is not really sustainable yeah. because sometimes we will have very impactful project, but when the grant is cut, that project have to go. Yeah. And I was like, man, it would be really nice to have like a normal business model with the, you know, non-profit value or mission. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I thought I was crazy until a few years later, I attended this event, networking event. It was on about social innovation. I didn't know anything about that space. I was like, what is this? Social but, innovation. Yeah, okay. and social entre entrepreneurship. I went in and when the panel was speaking about their different initiative that they're working, you know, mixing um, impact with the, you know, proper business model, I was like, oh my God, so this is it. I'm not crazy. Like yeah. this business model does exist. Like this project like this does exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my journey started. Like I was like, okay, now I know I'm not crazy. Now what, you know, problem I want to solve. And then I started explore. And until now I'm here as an entrepreneur, a social yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> so yeah. um, can I ask, what is the problem that you guys are solving or looking to solve? Mm. I mean, I know that's, that's kind of right when you're, when you're in this kind of entrepreneur world, the first yeah. question you're asked is, yeah. what are you actually solving? Yes. So when I was exploring what problem I really care about to solve, because yeah. You really have to be to have passion to you know because it's uh, entrepreneurship. It's a lot of sacrifice, mm -hmm. a lot of blood, sweat, and tear goes in to build a business. So I wanted to do something that really you know I can be resilient to to keep going even yes. when things are hard. Um, so uh, it has to be for me. I'm very uh, passionate about women, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, because in Africa growing up um, and patriarchy society, you know I see the women you know what they have to um go through mm -hmm. and um then and that was my passion i want to make better for women you know and help them to be economically empowerment empowered um and um also to and i was like it has to be something with finance because that's my background that's where i'm comfortable you know mm -hmm. i know i can make a difference so i was like okay what women fighters, who what woman I want to help. And then I'm like, okay, entrepreneur, women entrepreneur. Um, because in Africa, most majority of uh, businesses are run by women, 
for most of those business, this micro and small business, because they don't have access to finance, mm. you know, to bank loan. If they go to, to the bank and ask for loan, they're being told that they have to bring their husband or their brother yes. or father to go sign the loan with them, yeah. even though they've been in business for years. Um, yeah, so it's like, okay, it has to be access to finance for wow. female entrepreneurs. That's amazing. Mm. So are your, um, let's say, uh, so it's a social entrepreneurship, I don't know, but do you don't call these, do you call them customers or users or um, people you're happy, right? Yeah. Are they um, based globally? Are they based in Africa? Are they based in Ireland? Are they based, yeah. like, where are they based? Yeah. First of all, we haven't launched yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we are hoping to be global because it's a global problem. Of course. It's, a, I think, 1.7 trillion, uh, that gap, financing gap. Uh, for women uh, in business, and um, but we want to launch it first in Africa, East Africa specific, because we know the the culture there, and then we will expand to Asia and and South America, all the country, you know, all the country that we might have the connection or we know that the problem is bigger. We you know we can make bigger impact, mm. um, but we're still very early days. We're just building uh, MVP. Mm. But while I was working on that, you know, just researching that idea and just formalize the whole thing, because it's, it's a really a journey <laughs> to, yeah. to get. And I, so I was really lonely and I was like, I needed to be with like-minded people. So I started networking and my background, like, you know, is not in tech, so, and I'm, I wanted to build this product, it's gonna be in FinTech. And um, uh, so I wanted to network around tech people. Mm. I was networking, but I found that people didn't get me because I'm very also socially impact driven. Okay. And they were like very capitalist mindset. Yeah. They're like, just build a company, make your million, and then you can do your charity work later yeah. on. And I'm like, why can't I do both at the same time? Yeah. You know. And so I kind of got tired of having to defend or justifying why I want to do the work that I, I, I'm doing. And I was like, I need to build my own tribe. And so I started doing an event in October 2019. I did my first event, community event. Mm. Over 100 people signed up, over 80 people showed up. And some of the people, wow. yeah, some of the people who showed up, um, social innovation was the first time they heard about it and it was something that they wanted to do. So it was like a full circle moment for me. I was like, oh my God, now I'm giving back what somebody, you know, gave back to me a few years ago. Amazing. I uh, think that was the hook. <laughs> so I started doing the event every two months in Dublin. And then pandemic happened and we moved the event online in May 2020. And uh, with online, you know, that time everything was closed down and uh, we were doing like every month um, uh, events on Zoom, connecting people and it kind of opened us up. We were now connecting people from all over the world every month, wow. come together in Zoom, you know, share their expertise and uh, go to the breakout room session and just, you know, connecting with each other and find that synergy. and. Uh, yeah, and we, we grew so fast and I was like, okay, I see, you know, it was a side project and now it ended up being the main project. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it was like, like I know, right? 
Yeah, so it's like I see the impact this is making. I know it was a hobby, but now I need to to focus with this one first, I think, because this one I think it's easy to build <laughs> because the finance one it has a lot of technical stuff that I need to, you know, make sure I get it correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, the fintech kind of go backbone, and the community wants that it, you know, be the forefront. And um, so I started uh, see how we can make it more sustainable. I started networking with other ecosystem builders around Europe, mm. and I connected with few. And uh, last year, we ended up um, on an EU grant um, yeah, to do the work that we've been doing for the for a few years for free on, as a hobby. Yeah, yeah, so now it's paying the bills. Thank you. Yeah, so now we have, and we have evolved um, from just networking event to do like an um, ideation thon, which is like a hackathon without technical. It's more like people come on Friday, uh, pitch their idea for one minute, and then they'll form a team. Saturday and Sunday, they work as a team. And then Sunday evening, they'll have nice pitch story and a pitch deck. They'll pitch for three minutes, and during that weekend, they will get mentorship, they will have some workshop, how to do, take your idea from your head to put in your business model Canva, to have a pitch deck, you know, to have a pitch story, and wow. to be comfortable to pitch and in front of judges, and just to plant that seed yeah. of um, uh, entrepreneurship, especially tech entrepreneurship with social impact. And for women also, because I noticed in that space, um, very few women are mm. in tech. So yeah. yeah, so we're really trying to encourage them to um, take the fear out, just go for it, just you know, put your idea out and see, you know, what feedback you get. And what like, so this is something that's happening in Dublin now. This is incredible value that you've given. Uh, really, as you say, from your own, when I say entrepreneurship, I'm really your own initiative. That's what it is. It's yeah. it's something that you decided to, to give to the world or to give to Dublin. And to now, as as you say, thanks to the internet and Zoom and things, it can go further than that. Yeah. But um, if I, I'm, when I talk to people who've started um, things, whether it's a business or a football club or whatever I'm interested to know like if you look back on your story your life Mm. where do you think the um, the initiative came from to is it because you personally just had to solve your own problems that you kind of were thrown into an incredibly different culture was it like deal with it or you know Mm. where did that come from um, which initiative? Because there's so many. To start something and say, okay, okay this problem exists. Okay. Because uh, yeah, we could all walk down the street. We see problems left, yeah, right, and center. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. And, yeah. But 99.9% of us don't do anything about it. We're like, oh, well, just going to watch Netflix. True. Yeah, I think it's for my own personality. Um, yeah, I, I'm really like, I always look at things glass half full. You know, when I see like a problem, I always see the solution or the opportunity to, you know, yeah. that comes with that problem, how yeah. to solve. So I don't just uh, stop with, oh, the, this is the problem and just stop right, right there. I'm like, how can we solve this? I always ask, like, what's the solution? You know, mm. uh, yeah. So I think that's my intrigue. And I always ask, why? Why is this problem? You know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Because, you know, the more you understand the problem, I think the easier it is to solve it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's... Do you get frustrated easily? Uh, no, really. No. I'm very, yeah, no, I don't. No, the reason I ask that is because sometimes these entrepreneurs are like... yeah. It, it comes from frustration, their own frustrations. Yeah. You know, this is why, like, I, their frustration is, is bigger than the, the challenge yeah. of, of solving the problem. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah. it's pissing me off so much yeah. that I just, I have to do something yeah. about it. Yeah. So speaking of that, so the community actually came from my personal <laughs> frustration. Yes. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, like I wanted a, you know, like a community like that where people are like me, like, you know, are like driven to build, you know, to solve a problem, but also, a, you know, focusing both money and impact at the same time, not just money, 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 and then do your impact later on when you're a millionaire. Yeah. So that frustrated me. Like I just don't want to have to like defend myself. Why I'm thinking the way I'm thinking, you know? Um, yeah. So that really drove me. I think that frustration overtook my fear because sometimes I tend to be very overthinking, mm-hmm. and when I'm overthink, then the fear kicked in, and then I'm like paralyzed. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But with this one, I was like. My frustration was just too much. I'm like, I need to do something. I'm like, uh, and I have, and I didn't even have experience organizing events. I've never done that before. But I was like, I've attended enough events to know what I, I like, what I don't like. I can put something together from all the different events that I like, and I just literally just put, you know, every little aspect that I like together. And I'm like, what's needed to be done? How can I do this? I didn't have any network at the time, very early days. I'm like. How can I get the venue? I didn't have money, you know, I didn't have a sponsor. So I'm like, how can I get the venue? And I reach out, I attended as many events and I tell people that I wanna do this event and I need the venue. I ended up meeting somebody who gave me a beautiful venue. And um, and even when I did the event, I did it under, I don't know if you were aware of it, there was an event happening in Dublin every October. Um, it's called Techstar Startup Week uh, Dublin. Mm. Um, it happened, I think, in 2019 and 2018 and 2019. And okay. yeah, so I did the event under that um, um, time. So it was under them. So also that kind of helped with the exposure. Oh, and so I wanted to their brand name and. Um, it was like um, it was um, it was a voluntary event, and all the community, all the stakeholder, can volunteer to organize the event under them. 
um, yeah, so I volunteered to organize this event under them. And it was specific. I wanted to do under them because it was a tech event. And I wanted to bring this crazy thinking people, you know, in the tech. Yeah, uh, um, yeah so we, we did that. And yeah, we, I got the venue for free. I got a beautiful venue, Wood Key, in Dublin City Council. Wow. Yeah, and I go uh, pass on a friend of mine who does food to sponsor the food for free. Oh, wow. And I got somebody else to sponsor the drink. It didn't cost me anything, just my time, and I got my friends to volunteer on the day to, you know, to make sure everything runs smooth. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, when you have enough frustration, you can move the mountains, really. Uh, so before we go any further, and, yeah. uh, we learn a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question is, uh, so it's, it's a, an event for women. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be involved in tech to go to one of these events? No, 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 and that's the main thing. We want people who are non-tech, you know, to join. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, although it's for women, we we would love to have men also. Okay. <laughs> I know men get scared because it's the women. I think we put the women there because our first event it was a general event, and we only had one woman attend the event and all like that's yeah. not acceptable Jesus. yeah yeah and then the following year when we put women in the title we had uh, 28 women pitch that friday uh, and yeah. uh, like 10 teams were formed um last year um, we had our second one last year we had um 20 uh, women no 19 women pitch uh, the idea and 14 teams were formed um, just the thing when you have the name women, women feel more safe to apply for it. But then men, <laughs> you know, we cannot eliminate men, but we, we do want uh, men to join us too. Um, you went through the Irish education system. You know how the division is. <laughs> You've seen the discos when you're younger and like yeah. girls on one side of the room, guys on the other side of the room. Yeah, we still have that problem. <laughs> um, that's really amazing. So how do uh, anybody who's listening to this, how yeah. can I sign up for it or yeah. how can I see when the next event is or yeah. I'll include a link in the description of the episode yeah. but um, for anybody who's like listening now and they just I don't know they want to don't want to read the description how can they yeah. find it yeah so the event uh, it's on Eventbrite it's okay. called Tech Stars Tech, uh, stars. tech and then Stars mm-hmm. in one word uh, Startup Weekend Women Dublin um, yeah you see on Eventbrite and also we have an info, um, this this weekend is starting from the 22nd to 24th of March. Uh, so you have time to register. Okay. <laughs> and um, we have an info session we're holding, kind of like a community event we're holding on the 2nd of February um, in Harcourt Street in, in Dublin. Is it one, two, Dublin two, Harcourt Street? Harcourt Street. Near, pa- uh, near Pier Street. To your thing. We work Copperface Jacks and Dioceses, right? No, Hakko Tree. You know the co-working oh, space. Tree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, that's Dublin too. That's opposite Trinity. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've yeah. been in there. Is it nice? Yeah. 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 It's nice. Yeah, it then cool. come if you're free. It's in the afternoon. Our info session. Okay. Very um, cool. Yeah, we are hosting it there. Um, yeah, just to have a community, just to get people together and to. Uh, explain about the events uh, for people who have never attended our event mm. um, so that they will get a big a bigger picture of what to expect during that weekend mm. um, and uh, this link we'll share the link at uh, this one and and this uh, info uh, session we do it under Bridget's week 
So the Bridget oh, with double, Bridget. yes, yeah. yes, Brilliant. yeah, yeah. So we do it under them. Amazing. So if you go, I think Dublin dot ie um, yeah. that website you will see what our event text as event you are the perfect representation and um, just if i might speak freely of someone yeah. who's come here and added so much value to the country oh and um, so you. thank you i mean look at that while you're giving allowing women to start yeah. their own startups and there will be things that come out of this that you'll probably yeah. learn in years to come or like you know, this startup started in, you know, in the tech stars where thanks to Leila and her work. And oh, that's really amazing. And you must get, a, and you deserve a lot of credit for that. Oh, so thank you. It's really cool. Thank you. And I have a disclaimer. I, you know, I attended, I think my first event I attended, a friend of mine organized this 2019 in March. And that's how I really got confidence to start my entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. So I think this is my way to give back because I gained so much from that event. And yeah, so that's why I, you know, we volunteer to do this event is to give back yeah. from what I've gained. Yeah. So, you know, the way here is what I'm curious about, just interest is not a little bit more. Then it wasn't really part of your plan. This might have happened. Right? Yeah. And that was how you went with it. It was like a wave that you, yes. you're like, oh, I decided to surf yes. this wave. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a bit weird how these things happen, right? Yeah, but it wasn't like, um, you know what they say, preparation made opportunity yeah. equal success. Yeah. That's how it was for me because I was mentally preparing, you know, even like from um, attending the social innovation events, you know, that was a few years ago. So kind of, you know, plant that seed, you know, and then I started thinking about if I want to start a business or what, you know, space, what problem I want to solve. So I was just thinking on my head, really. And then when a friend of mine, you know, a few years later, um, uh, invited me to attend. I was literally just going to attend just to support a friend, and I ended up pitching. Uh, my idea was literally on my head. And then by Sunday evening, we won third place. And I was like, oh, wow. they want to something. I need to take this serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think preparation, like you can prepare on your mindset and then go, you know, put yourself out there and uh, take as many opportunities as you can and then success will come. Very good. Yeah. What's your relationship with Dublin like these days? Um, <sighs> and I'd, I'd love you to speak openly and honestly about it. Yeah. Well, Dublin is home. You know, I've lived here longer than I've lived in any other country in the world. Um, yeah, but at the same time, um, it doesn't feel like home. Yeah. You know, and I think because I've lived here for so long, I feel like like I'm a global citizen. I don't feel like I belong anywhere now because yeah. even when I go to Tanzania, I don't feel like I'm fully, you know, uh, yeah. Tanzania because my mindset is different. Um, yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's home. I, I love Dublin. Like, I love traveling. I'll, tra I'll travel anywhere, but I love Dublin. Even the Irish weather, I kind of have that love-head relationship mm. <laughs> with the Irish yeah. weather. Yeah, um, yeah but the, the thing that happened a few months ago, that was scary. Mm. Yeah, and especially because I have a kid, my son, he's 18 now. And, and yeah, I, I remember when it happened, we were at home. He was sick that day. He, he walks in uh, the cinema just across the oh, road. Okay. Yeah, wow. so he didn't go to work. So I was like, thank God. Um, yeah, and I told him, don't, don't go to work the next day. Yeah, so that could have 
um, makes us, you know, jumpy. Uh, and I don't know the way, like, now, like, everything, like, back to normal, but it's not really back to normal because we haven't really solved it. And I'm like, how can we solve it? And, like, I don't think the way we are going about is the right way. Like, Presenting nothing to see now. here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, we need to talk about this. Do we need, like, a town hall thing? Because there's something going on and we need to deal with them before they get really bad, like other countries, you know? Yeah. Because Ireland has been really, you know, it's a really special country and it's different from most countries and we don't want it to be, like, the same. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we, we need to figure out the best way to to handle it, it, this I don't think this is the right way <laughs> yeah this whole thing of like pretending it yeah happens. yeah 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 it is quite scary right but I, like from your point of view as you yeah. say that that's so unfair that yeah like your son wouldn't go to work the next day or yeah. it's terrible yeah. I completely understand because so from where we're recording this for people who are listening and we're recording from the chocolate factory, which is just off Parnell Street. Mm. So obviously this is where the riots really yeah. began. Um, and even we had to come in here that night because um, Monica, my fiance, who you met before this podcast, yeah. was doing a, a pop-up shop the next day. So we had to come here, get all of the stuff, put it in the car. Um, yeah, I was very apprehensive about doing this. Yeah. And like, it's, that's not Dublin. And mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was shocking. More than anything else, it was just so disappointing. So disappointing. And I think, mm -hmm. as many people said, it was like, shit, you know, yeah. we kind of say that we're different. Yeah. And it seems like we're actually not. It's the it's the social media like and people get disfranchised and um, get connected with this weird stuff on social media and just like and boom I'm ready to happen. So I was thinking about this today actually, um, and I read some research that's been done by. Sorry for anybody who's just heard me uh, <laughs> pouring water into my glass. Um, there's been research done by an organization called the Hope and Courage Collective. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. No, where are they? Um, I don't know physically where they are, but uh, online, if you just search on Instagram yeah. or whatever, you'll find them. Um, and they put out some research, which is very good. Uh, I do have some opinions on, on it as well. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like if we should refer to people who were involved in riots. I don't like calling them them. Or, or yeah. They, because that's... That's actually the problem. Bad at them, either. The yeah, place. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, they mention uh, tactics used to basically start something like what happened. Yeah. And the first one is emotion. So, yeah. how can you trigger emotion? So, how can you make people angry? Because that's yeah. what you want, right? You want people, angry people, yeah, or yeah. people that you can manipulate to do something based on yeah. And by the way, this is used on the left and the right and the middle. It's just a way that yeah. over years people use to con control people. But say, for example, even I was on YouTube the other day and it kind of, I didn't watch it because I hate this type of stuff, but it was like yeah. something to fight on Grafton Street, right? Yeah. And it was going to be, it was, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I know it was going to involve someone probably not from Ireland yeah. or two people from, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't care. I didn't yeah. watch it. 
Because why do I need to know about that? But if I did watch it, yeah. the algorithm would have fed me more content yeah. than that. Now, social media companies are saying that they're not responsible. And the thing is, these fights or disagreements or random things that happen around the city have been mm. happening yeah. always, yeah. forever, mm. around the world. That is not something new. I, like, I'm sorry for anybody who's listening who thinks any of this is new, mm. that things have gotten worse. They haven't. It's yeah. just that it's been fed into yeah. your brains through social media. And the fact of the matter is, if I had watched that video, I would have got another one similar yeah. to that straight away afterwards. Yeah. So it's again, it's triggering this emotion and emotion, like angry that's all around the country because yeah. it's so scalable. Yeah. It's that, it's, that's one incident that 20 years ago might have been witnessed by 20 people. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, stupid idiots, fight, yeah. whatever. And But now that's going out to thousands, millions of people. Yeah. And that's what I feel like. Then social media companies say we're not responsible. It's not true. Yeah. Yes, you didn't start the fight, but you're spreading it you're out because of your, your algorithm. Yeah. And it's like a perfect storm, you know, from politics to social media to the economy, you know, to fear. Like mm. when you put all of them together, it's like, a perfect storm. Yeah, I and mean, in places like the States, they learned how to really utilize that. Mm. And now that's what's happening mm. here. Mm. Um, so that, yeah. that creation of anger yeah. and then somebody coming up saying, yeah. I'm going to do something about that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how, because there's yeah. actually nothing, but it doesn't matter yeah. if people are angry and they're like, yes, yeah. this person is going to do something about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I'm scared about yeah. happening here. Yeah, and that division is like, you know, like few little things, it's a thing instead of seeing focus on what uh, commonality, what you know, we have in common, uh, in common, or what similar with us. We, you know, other people ended up focus on what's different, you know. So you take humanity on other people when you focus on what's different, because then you are othering them, then you don't see them as human or as your fellow human being. Um, then it's easy for you to do bad things to them because you have no empathy, you know, yeah. to them. And yeah. Education and self-awareness is so important. Like, yeah. because it's really, it's actually human nature to other people. Mm. It's almost impossible to stop it. And that's very simply because mm. there's so many people, uh, my brain doesn't have mm. sufficient levels of energy to, yeah. um, no individual people yeah. so that's why we other people yeah. so we are like I was Italian and then I have instantly yeah. uh, an idea or a story in my head yeah. and what that person is because they're Italian right yeah. that's what your brain does it's the same way that's how branding and, and marketing works yeah. I think of Nike it's the same thing I instantly True. go to a category of Nike or Nike it was Nike or Nike and <laughs> um, in the Sure, you're right. We're right. We're like natural. We are human beings. We're naturally tribal. Since we're like on the cave days, you know, we we, we yeah. like to be with people who are like us, think like us, and who are, you know we feel more safe, you know, yeah, exactly. within safety. Um, yeah. But that I think we have to be aware of that. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like it's like having a cold shower, right? <laughs> Here's an example. Yeah. You have a cold shower. My brain goes. I don't want to do a cold shower. This is the worst idea you've had all week. Yeah. What happens if you have some type of a fit? 
all of this ridiculous stuff comes in and then you have the culture area you're finished and you feel fantastic yeah and then you go hang on a second maybe my brain i don't always have maybe i don't listen maybe it doesn't know what actually is good for me or is what's good so it's like when you see someone and your brain instantly orders them like let's take a like a random stereotype irish drunk yeah right yeah imagine you meet an irish person Someone who's listening to this right yeah. now, there are a lot of people are not Irish. They might go, ah, Irish people, you know, uh, green, um, beautiful country, drunk people, lots of beer. <laughs> and that's that's what comes to yeah, That's yeah. the story. That's yeah. the narrative. However, six months of having a relationship with an Irish person, yeah. actually, they're totally different. Yeah. But we need to be aware of this narrative that comes into our head when you... Cause yeah, it's impossible to ask other people to stop othering people. It's never going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, we need to be aware when you're doing it and go. Maybe that's not true. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. that thing I have in my head is not true, it's and maybe true. that person is just like me. That's true. That's the unconscious bias, exactly. and it's just for us to be aware of. Our, and we all have the the unconscious bias yeah. because we all have that safety net, you know. And it's just for us to be more conscious to of, with our unconscious bias, yeah. Um, yeah, and be more tolerant and be more open, maybe to be exposed to other people and other culture, like make friends, try to, you know, expand your friend, you know, a, a circle or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did what happened in um, was it November? Of last year with the riots, yeah. Um, has that made you uh, reconsider your uh, life here? Not really, but it made me a little bit jumpy. I feel like I'm have PTSD, <laughs> you know, because I've never, I've always felt so safe, you know, especially walking around at night on my own. But nowadays, um, I look, you know. Yeah. First, I'm a woman, <laughs> then I'm black. Yeah. So I I pay attention of my environment, like yeah. And I I was I wasn't like this before. Maybe I should have been. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like I have like a PTSD. Um, yeah. And I hope, I think, yeah. I I don't know. I just hope we we learn how to handle it so it won't happen again. Because I feel like. The way we just handle like nothing to see here, and it's not the right way. I feel like it's gonna happen again because we haven't really dealt with it. Um, yeah. How do you think we should deal with it? I don't know. Really, I don't have the answer. But I'm like better than this, definitely. And I know better. It's better. It should be better, better than this. Yeah. 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 Maybe a town hall thing. You know, I'm like. Even to know who, like, what made them do this, you know, um, and how, what, what are they feeling? Because I think that they gave so much fear. They put so much fear on people. I'm like, people give what they have. So if they give us fear, that means they have fear in them, you know? Mm. So I'm like, we need to, yeah, then, like, putting them in prison is not the answer. Mm. I think, like... I need to really talk to them, you know, find out what, what's going on with them. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, for you, what's mm. the biggest difference in terms of culture 
between Tanzanian culture and Irish culture? Oh, I don't even know because I've been here for so long. Um, the weather from, I don't think it's a culture, but it's the, the weather definitely stand up and, uh, and the food I miss. I know we don't have, uh, we don't have the best cuisine, but I love my nyama choma. What's and nyama choma is like a barbecue um, a meat. Uh, <laughs> hungry. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you have any recollection back in when you're in Tanzania. When you know when you go out, all you do is sit down at like a cafe or something and eat nyama choma at a pub or a bar or something. Yeah. <laughs> eat nyama choma and drinks. Um, yeah, I miss that. I miss Fanta. I, I love Fanta. Fanta orange. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes different. It does. Uh, <laughs> Even just from a glass bottle. I remember it. I the glass say. bottle. Yes, that's yeah. the special one. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. I was no. too excited. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, yeah, I remember that when I was up because I'd run out of energy and I needed a bit of sugar, uh, yeah. and I just remember because I don't normally drink fizzy drinks that much, but uh, I remember having the glass bottles of Coke. And then, yeah. They were very good. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good time there. I'd love to go back. Yeah. It was, as I said, a huge culture shock for me. Um, yeah. To go there and, excuse me. Yeah, and once it's even like a smaller town. Did you go to Da, Da Salaam? No, I didn't. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I actually had, I, I went over there really, I was trying, I didn't have very much money and I gave, so the idea was that you give an amount of donation to the orphanage and then okay. you do your volunteering and then okay. that included my accommodation and food okay. um, and so a lot of people went on a safari while I was there and I was I didn't go because it was like $500 or something like that I was like oh I just don't have that money but I thought it was go back and it was like right by the Serengeti you know more yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. well not right it's, it's close to close yeah and um, some people did Mount Kilimanjaro. Really? Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. It's always in my five-year plan. It's been yeah. 15 years now. <laughs> yeah. And that would be very cool. And, yeah. and just um, the warmth of the people. That, yeah, Tanzanian people are special, are very friendly. That's the thing, I think. That's the biggest culture shock uh, when I go here. You know, when I started school, you know, because for us at home, we were told, like, even in school, like, even at home, when there's a guest coming, you have to be your best behavior. You have to welcome the guests, make the guests feel welcome. Even in school, we have when we have a new kid, you know you have to be on your best behavior and make the new kid feel welcome, welcomed. And and here was different. The girls weren't very welcome. Oh, I, I think yeah. And I was like, what did I do? They're so mean to me. I'm like, I'm the new kid. Um, yeah, that was. And and it wasn't like it was just shy because you know they didn't get me, it was very different from them, you know, and my English wasn't very good, so they couldn't connect. And yeah, but that was the, the biggest, I was like, oh my God, we in my school we would have, you know, rallied together, make sure it, like you're okay and you have everything you need. But here, like they're a little shy and, you know, can't talk to me. Um, yeah. yeah, but I have to say Irish people are more friendly, <laughs> way friendly and way chatty <laughs> than other people chatty, yeah, in that's, Europe. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know how much that's changing. I don't know if it's changing. Culture in Ireland is changing. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, for, for good and for bad. Like even yeah. for example, I was speaking to a guy who runs uh, bars mm. there before we 
mesh today. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, they have to make a much bigger effort at the um, non-alcoholic things that they offer. Oh, yeah. Because not as many people drink. They drink, alcohol. yeah. But that's a good thing, though. Of course it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's just, it's a change. Yeah. It's a change. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, as he said, yeah. in the 90s, there was nobody who went to the gym on a Saturday night. True. Now, and gyms are probably full. True. Even drinking wine, you know. Yeah. I remember when they introduced wine, I'm like, <laughs> and very few people are drinking, and nowadays everybody. Yeah, um, like for super posh people back in the day. Yeah. Now, now people make yeah. it seven up, but yeah. they watch it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, the country has changed a lot. Even like um, for young people also, because they grew up more multicultural than us. Um, it's it, it's kind of nice to see. Uh, a, a little bit and you know they're more a bit tolerant you know they have like their friend circle is more diverse yeah. and than before yes yeah but like the older generation they always stop you <laughs> like the granny always stop on, on the street and start chatting with you yeah good <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. where we're, we're, we've got a lot um that we need to work on yeah. Yeah. a lot of things that need to be spoken about not by us. We're not going to fix it. And yeah. But hopefully it's something that can be dealt with. Leila, thank you so much for um, for spending time and to come to, to chat to us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank to you. To chat to someone from Tanzania. It's been, I haven't spoken to someone from Tanzania for a long time. Oh. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know you're basically Irish at this point, really, but... Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm going to plan because I have a few friends. They're like, we are happy. You know, you have to arrange a trip to go to Tanzania. So I'm thinking of having a group. I was in, uh, I spent three months last year in Tanzania oh, for the first time. I always go very short period. And last year I spent three months. And it? it was amazing. Yeah. It was scary before I went. I was like, oh my God, three months in Tanzania. What am I going to do? I'm going to get bored and start seeing all the problems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it wasn't like that. It was really fun. By the time the three months came, it was like, I think I need three more months. Mm. Um, yeah, so my future plan is to halfway there, you know, like half of the year over, uh, to live over there, half of a year. Spend winter in Tanzania. My, yeah. yes. <laughs> like yes, I can yes. get behind that. <laughs> That sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, but I need to arrange a trip to all my friends, you know, a group of us together. Brilliant. Yeah. Leila, thank you so much. Thank you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.